right, welcome back to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. Cheers. Still on that Pete's. All right. So I want to have this discussion based off of something I said in a previous episode. I was talking about the DeJounte Murray situation that had gone on a few weeks back. Not talking about DeJounte, but it sparked something that I have been thinking about for a while. And I think it's a discussion that should be had. And it's not a simple one. It's one that will continue on for a while. And maybe never really ever stop. But I, right now, I really believe that it's the time for basketball fans in general for us to recalibrate the definition of a superstar now the reason I'm saying this is because I believe that over the past few years the NBA has kind of become similar to the WWE where if you, you know if you watch wrestling anybody on their roster is called a superstar okay all right fair enough it works for you kudos doesn't work in the NBA and I feel like lately the NBA and, you know, and I'm using air quotes here, and experts are really quick to anoint people superstars. And, yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on this with DeJounte when I referred to him as a fringe all-star. Now, again, I call him a fringe all-star because, yes, he played in the All-Star game last year, but he made it as an injury replacement. Now, again, I think he deserved to be an All-Star, but he didn't get voted or selected. He was a replacement. That's why I say he's a fringe All-Star. He's good enough. His numbers and performance are good enough to be considered for an All-Star selection, but he hasn't been selected as an All-Star. So, that's where I'm at. Now... So let's move up to the superstar status. Two examples I want to bring up of why this needs to happen. So a couple years ago, Phoenix makes their you know, magical run to the NBA Finals. And the second they made it to the Finals, Chris Paul was being anointed as the greatest point guard of all time by some. Or just leapfrogging several guys in the top five and I had a problem with that because regardless of the numbers he hadn't really won he definitely hadn't won a championship it was his first trip to the NBA finals his first I'm not trying to disrespect Chris because he is a great point guard and he's had a great career and the State Farm commercials are funny but at the end of the day winning has to count for more and he just hasn't done that. You can make all the excuses you want. But he had good squads in New Orleans and with the Clippers. So don't give me a bunch of that crap. Oh, well, if he had had this squad or yada, yada, yada. You can make all those arguments for all those people. You want to talk about, oh, well, you know, you know, Tim, Tony, Tim, Tony, Manu had each other and Pop. Okay, yeah. Michael had Scotty and... Dennis and them and Phil Pistons had that 
crew. Magic had his crew. Like, the best players had squads. Like, like there's no getting around that. Nobody has done it by themselves. Really, probably since Bill Russell. Rest in peace to the great Mr. Bill Russell. But... To give him... To, a, to just have him ascend to that upper echelon off of one trip to the finals was ridiculous to me. And then last year, during the postseason, or this this previous postseason, he had that ungodly perfect shooting game against New Orleans, I believe. And there came the, the anointing again. And I'm just losing my mind with like, okay, he had a great game against New Orleans, but they're still struggling to knock out New Orleans. And look at what ended up happening. They choked against Dallas. Come on. But you want to anoint Chris Paul as a superstar. He's not a superstar. Chris Paul is a star. He makes teams better. He has he, he puts up great numbers. But he doesn't win. You know who else is in that category? James Harden. James Harden puts up a lot of good numbers and doesn't win. Now, I will say this. I think he's got a chance with Philly, but we'll see. Chris Paul still has a chance with Phoenix, so we'll see how they end up. I don't like... Well, I am I mean, it, this is a different situation, but I'd rather see how their careers end up before I really... Unless it's just obvious like LeBron or Kobe. But, you know, Jokic and Embiid, another examples of star players but not superstars because they haven't won yet. And I do say yet. They have chances. But LeBron, obvious superstar. Steph Curry, obvious superstar. Durant, superstar. Last year, Boston's making their magical run. I felt like Jason Tatum was on his way. The way he was playing on both ends of the court, to me, he was playing like a superstar. But you get to the finals, you don't play your best basketball, and you lose. So, he's on the cusp. You know, Harden's on the cusp too. If he can just get to some NBA finals and maybe get himself a ring, then I have no problem saying, okay, James, you're a superstar now. But right now, you're just a star. Most of these guys are stars. Jan, the Greek freak, is a superstar. But Jimmy Butler, star. Okay? So that's the difference. Luka Doncic, star. On his way to being a superstar. But he's not a superstar yet. He's a great player, but you got to win. Now, he made it to the Western Conference Finals, but we saw who the Mavericks really were once they ramp against Superstar. So, I mean, th this is just my opening initial argument for this. I don't know what the end result will be as far as the definition of a Superstar. Um, But the discussion needs to happen. The recalibration needs to take place because you can't just start labeling everybody that puts up a 40-piece a superstar.
um evan what's what we need to find a proper benchmark like we have a benchmark for the goat and that's jordan so if lebron is in the goat discussion and kobe is also kind of in the goat discussion where where's the where's the superstar benchmark because that's the those are the goat benchmarks we need a superstar benchmark is it Shaq? It's hard to say it'd be Shaq or like Tim Duncan because those two guys are also the best of all time at their prospective positions. So to me, you got to find someone that has won and put up great numbers but was never really in the GOAT discussion. Um, maybe like a Dwayne Wade. You know, something like that. Someone that's won championships but wasn't necessarily the best player on the team. But he was definitely a superstar. Um, but then I know what the other argument is going to be. Someone's going to say, well, if you're going to put all the value on winning, then by your definition, Robert Orr and Steve Kerr are superstars. Okay, I understand where your confusion is. Winning does count. but And Robert Orr and Steve Kerr did a lot of it. Now show me which of those championship teams they were the best player on. Don't worry. I have a full cup of coffee. I can wait. Now, yes, they were important pieces. They hit some big shots. But they didn't carry those teams. They weren't the reason they were in that position. And that's the difference. So... So in today's NBA, there are too many guys considered superstars when there's really only a few. And there's several that are on the cusp, like a Luka Doncic, a Jason Tatum, you know, uh, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid, James Harden. You know, these guys are all on the cusp of being superstars, considered true superstars, if they can just get over the hump and win the championship or two or three. Yeah. It now the question becomes then how much winning do you need to do? <sighs> One or two, at least. One or two. You know, Hakeem Olajuwon is a, a superstar and he's got two. But we know he didn't do it alone. He had guys like Robert Ory, but Sam Cassell, Kenny Smith. Vernon Maxwell. The list goes on, man. That was a squad. But, it, you know, it's a discussion I would love to have with other basketball-centered minds to get a more, I don't want to say broader, but just get more ideas on what a superstar should, what the superstar resume should look like can't just be numbers a lot of people throughout the history of the game have put up numbers now the one area it would be and I've, I've seen a discussion kind of like this before on NBA TV open court where it's like okay well what about Charles Barkley put up numbers but never won so then he's not a superstar 
Well, yes and no, because although, yeah, he didn't win a championship, he did lead his team to the finals. And he was the best player on that team. And he did always put up some good numbers. So, is he a superstar, pure, true superstar? Maybe not. Maybe he's a fringe superstar. Maybe that's fair. He's definitely a legendary player. But part of that legend is his off-court stuff. You know, he was a larger-than-life character. And then he's just a treasure as an analyst on TNT. So, you know, it it's a discussion that, that's going to be ongoing for a while. And it's not to disrespect these guys either. Like, these are still great players. They're still star players. Like, James Harden is still a great player. But if you really want to be a superstar, you need to get over the hump and win a title. And that goes for his partner right now, Joel Embiid. I don't really care about awards as much as winning. Like, Jokic has two MVPs. I, I don't... I don't consider him more accomplished than anyone else because he really hasn't made a deep playoff run yet. That's not all his fault. He needs Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. back healthy. So let's see what they do next year. So, you know, it's just my thoughts, my opinions on it. I could be... Well, no, I'm not, I'm not wrong, but... I don't have the overall answer yet. So maybe we'll figure it out this year. We'll get some answers this year. But I appreciate you listening. Follow the show on Twitter. Sports with a Cuppa. Official podcast. And thanks for listening.